to listen to the Two Johnny Excuses podcast because my mom says it's inappropriate. I download Once again, recording live from your iTunes feed. I'm your old pal, Sanders. I'm your good buddy, Liv. And if you're keeping score at home, this is episode 50, the Otis Hill edition. The Otis Hill edition. What's happening, buddy? Not much, man. What's happening with you? Oh, lots going on, dude. Lots going on. Um, First, um, I'm still inflicted with the... uh, with the uh, burden that I must bear of of Bell's palsy. So the palsy still got you. The palsy still got me. Um, three I'm, weeks later, right? Is that what I, it is now? It's um. Yeah, three weeks. Yeah, three weeks today. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm feeling a lot better. I still get a you know a headache once in a while, and um, you know I'm still having a little trouble sleeping. So that kind of you know derails any recovery, but um. You know, my eyes closing a little better, even though I still have to tape it down at night. And yeah. I still have a, in my head, I have a, a horrible speech impediment. Yeah. Um, some people say it's getting better. Um, and if I kind of hold, <laughs> if I hold my cheek up, um, I kind of get my mouth out of the way and my speech isn't um, as bad uh, as it could be so um you know every once in a while i'll try to you know i'll try to kind of manually manipulate my speech but it 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 gets old after a while so um probably hopefully you know with any luck next couple weeks before new year's um i'll start to get uh, a little better i'll settle on being able to close my eye that would be uh priority number one and then uh number two would be get the speech back and then you know after that we'll see what happens he's still taking the prednisone no no they didn't um they didn't prescribe that for more than the week which i guess is kind of standard um yeah i don't think that took it for that long yeah i think it was kind of like a quick hit because for the most part you know they think it's a virus so Whatever the prednisone just kind of reduced the damage to the nerve in, in that area by reducing the uh, inflammation, and then if they can do that, I guess they say you got a pretty good chance of recovery because there won't be any long-term damage. But um, you know, but who knows? It's, just a, it's a minor inconvenience for, for the most part. You know, I'm feeling pretty good. I got to go back to the doctors uh, on Christmas Eve for some other test kind of stuff so he's going to check up on me make sure that uh things are kind of progressing so hopefully by next week um there'll be enough to see so um that that's it but man in in bigger news in bigger news we are once again a live functioning itunes podcast feed so just over a month we were uh, we were still recording, but but essentially to the uh, to the average uh, downloader, the average listener, um, we we went dead, we we went dark, uh, yep, nowhere to be seen, and I don't think we even really updated uh, 
uh, Twitter feed or Facebook in terms of kind of letting people know where we were. And you mentioned that, that some folks were kind of getting uh, in touch with you, wondering if we were yeah, still alive. Yeah, about 2,000 of them. <laughs> that's about right. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly about right. So um, so with uh, with a little elbow grease and, and some perseverance, I finally got those nice. uh, technical issues um sorted out probably probably, uh thank you brother but uh, i would say the um the above average podcast enthusiast probably could have got that up and running in four or five days uh with a little research but um i I was just i was struggling than i would have done because i didn't even (laughs) completely understand everything but it was uh it, it was a a shining moment when i got it up and it was a good feeling because um I, we started this podcast a, a, a year ago, a little over a year ago. We had our, yep. our one-year episode on uh, uh, Back in November. Veterans Day, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Veterans Day. And 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 we've talked about it before. The whole purpose behind the podcast is, you know, is to kind of keep a regular communication amongst amongst a couple of buddies up and and just kind of shoot the shit. And um, you know, it 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 was it's. It was fun. It was therapeutic, and you know, just generally an enjoyable hobby that that takes you know literally two hours a week, and, and it's cool. So when that when that feed went down, um, and it, it wasn't a quick fix, it started to become really frustrating. So it was counterproductive. It was the opposite of its intended purpose. You know, it became yeah. the bane of my existence on how we're going to get this up. And you know, by this point, we've had people listening. Um, I've come to enjoy it. I think you've come to enjoy it. Yeah. But there was this issue of like, oh man, this fucking thing, man. I just it's beating me, and I can't. We kept recording, no, and no one was able to even enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, having that kind of uh, all come together and 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 not be for nothing, um, is kind of a good feeling. So, uh, without further ado, those folks. Uh, who are so inclined, have two brand new podcast episodes waiting for them in their iTunes feed. There is uh, an episode called Carrying Mail, and an episode, um, um, a replay of an episode for Thanksgiving. I When we went away, uh, or when I went away and we took a, a little Thanksgiving break, um, I, I replayed the sexy Sparta Thanksgiving. Okay. With a little bit of an introduction to kind of tell people, you know, hey, listen, this was our fourth episode. It's what, you know, you missed it um, back in the day. You really should listen to it. It's one of my favorite episodes. In addition to that, we have two. Um, two There's a couple con- more in the can, right? Two yeah. in the can that, um, that I just have to clean up and get out, which I'm going to do this weekend. And then this one will be. Um, this one will be out. So if you're listening to this, hopefully you're listening to it like, I don't know, the, the 20th, 21st, something like that. We should be ready to go. So that's um, that's our 50th episode, man. 50 episodes strong. Um, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully, maybe um, I'd like to see if we can get if we can squeeze two more in before the new year. That'll be 52. That's kind of like a one year, you know, yeah, 52 year. weeks. 52 weeks, yeah. And then we start up uh, kind of with season two in, yeah, so uh, in January. I mean, next week, a week from today is Christmas. Yeah, so I figure if we can squeeze it in, maybe we squeeze it in on a, on a Tuesday or something. Um, 
you know, I don't know, we'll talk about it. We'll see. Maybe yeah. we, maybe your weekend's free. Who knows? Um, speaking of which, man, what's new? How's uh, how's uh, everything at the house? How's everything with your waffle iron? How's everything? Uh, waffle iron's great. You know, I've eaten. I've had the waffle iron for two weekends, and I've eaten waffles friggin' each weekend. <laughs> um, four times I've eaten waffles. I guess it is. <laughs> Maybe five? When did I get the waffle iron? Well, yeah, because it was French toast Thanksgiving week. Yeah, I've eaten waffles four times. Yeah. All right. All right. Anything special? Uh, I threw some blueberries in the waffles last week. Okay. All right. I'm a big yeah, fan of blueberries. The only problem with the blueberries, the, the blueberries get, get um, all caught up in the grill, you know? Yeah. Um, I think you almost... Maybe have to kind of like, like not dehydrate them, but you know. Well, I guess they're good to do frozen. Thing is, I made the batter. I didn't want to make the whole batter blueberry. Okay. So I was just throwing the blueberries on when I got in there. Ah, uh, okay. You know how I solved getting that stuff off though. Um, made another unblueberry pancake. Uh, made a yes. Made a non-blueberry <laughs> waffle. <laughs> I'm glad that you think like me. <laughs> I was like, if I put a non-blueberry waffle on, it'll take all the blueberry stuff off. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> it's the way only like a freaking gluttonous pig thinks. <laughs> and then, I just um, said, I'll clean it. I won't clean it. I'll just make another waffle. <laughs> and um, do you know how you get the, the waffle crumbs off your plate? Ice cream. <laughs> Yes, there you go. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so the waffle iron was fun, you know. I made a, uh, I made a couple of quick ornaments tonight. The tree's good, man. Like, you know, I mean, last we talked was last week, right? When I, yeah, it was over the weekend, right? Yeah, I made the tree topper and everything, but. Uh, I had this this little bowling pin for my high game when I was in the Syracuse University Bowling Club of 210. <laughs> this little wooden bowling pin. I'm like, what am I going to do with this? I was like, I can make a an ornament out of that. So I made an ornament out of that, this little SpongeBob thing, and this little penguin that was thrown from one of the parades in Demian. You know? So when I got some eye hooks and made some ornaments i really want to go looking for old toys and make ornaments out of them now <laughs> um oh man that's something that you can uh as you know this christmas is a um is a uh, do-it-yourself christmas for yep. me for financial reasons we kind of yeah. talked about it a little bit last week but i'm in that mode where like everything is easy and everything i think i can sell on etsy or at a farmer's market you know how easy so- this is dude so this is your thing, man. This is super easy. I went and bought a pack of eye hooks at the at Lowe's tonight. You know, I, sent, I think I spent four something on that. I have thirty seven more eye hooks. I need to find thirty seven more toys. <laughs> um, <clears throat> something like old school Star Wars guys, or uh... well, you know, did I, I did I tell you last week about the Star Wars guys I had? No, I didn't want to. I didn't want to destroy them. Okay. I have, I think I was telling you about it. I had these Burger King Star Wars guys. It's like a little Yoda that, you know, you wind up the Yoda and he backflips. 
There's a Boba Fett. No, 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 no. I would have remembered this. I would have remembered a backflip. There's a little Yoda. Jawa that lights up when you squeeze it. The eyes light up. And they're from Burger King? Yeah, they they must have been. My sister gave them to me years ago. I think it was, you know, it was in the early, late 90s, early 2000s when they were releasing all the prequels and stuff. Okay, okay. Because one of them is a Darth Maul. Jesus, the prequels were in the late 90s? That's where they began, I believe. Whoa. The last one came out in 2005. So 2005, and I think the one 2002 and then 99 must have been the first one. That's insane. That's a menace, yeah. Because they did them three years apart. Okay, okay. Um, so I was my original idea was, uh, and that Thursday when I was like, well, I need a tree topper because I put the tree the night before, I Googled and I came across what I eventually made, you know, like the inspiration for what I eventually made. But I was like, fuck it. I'm going to make my own tree topper. And I was like, I'm going to take those Star Wars guys I got because I had them sitting in a box and I'll do something with them, you know, like something just funny and eclectic, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then I got home and I started looking at the Star Wars. I pulled out the Star Wars guys. And I was like, I was like, nah, these are cool. I can't like glue these to something. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, it really piss me off if I if I ruin these things. I start looking at them like the Darth Maul has like a little uh, one of those little viewer things, and you know, you look through it, uh, you point it at a light, you know, and you look through the hole, and you can click, and it shows you scenes from the Phantom Menace, you know, of little Anakin Skywalker and stuff like that. Uh, I was like, no, I can't destroy these. But then I went to that store and I was looking for stuff to make, and that's how I ended up. Ended up uh, going to the letter uh, that I saw in there, but of course I threw on the Santa hat. That was my own idea. <laughs> <clears throat> See, man, I think I think that's worth the commitment because I, 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 I don't think you'd be ruining them. Because at this point, um, at, th- at this point, the only reason to have them, I, I guess, there's multiple reasons. One would be you kept them in some type of of collectible condition. That, you know, it's either a complete set or they're in a box or something along those lines that you would, you know, want to sell them. And then the second reason is kind of an offshoot of the first. If you did have them in like mint condition or, or, you know, in a collectible set, you'd want to pass that on to your kid or something. And even if they're not, even if they're, they're, they're like, you know, game worn or whatever, you'd want him or her to be able to play with them, you know, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Once I, if I glued them down, you wouldn't be able to play with them. And I was like, oh, these are kind of cool. Okay. You know? Okay. They're all sitting on a shelf now in my uh, living room. All right. They're so, not. so they're out. You, you've committed to them. Yeah, I mean, that's what I got in here so far. That might be a, one of my things. I got a, on the shelf. I got them all lined up there, and on the window sills in here, I got a bobblehead Greg Maddox Hall of Fame special Hall of Fame bobblehead doll that my buddy Colin. He went to the Atlanta Braves game this summer when they were giving those out in honor of Greg Maddox's induction into the Hall of Fame. Okay. So that's really cool. I got an old Voltron. Yeah. From when you, I was a kid. Yeah, you told me about the it's missing the sword. Whatever, to pease me off. I, and it's kind of a little fucked up, but, I was actually, but it's intact. It's standing there. I was actually listening to the episode the other day um, where you, you talk about the Voltron and the... Uh, yep. Uh, the 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 kid that broke the, the kid the 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 uh, kid with white privilege, 
Uh, yes. Who decided the mystery person to break it? The, yeah, who I don't know, but I just know he had privilege, you know. <laughs> uh, and I got like a Chris Paul bobblehead doll as the king of carnival that they gave out at a uh, Hornets game years ago when Chris Paul was still here. I got the flask that Brian Peters gave to me in honor of my graduation. Another bobblehead that I got from a um, parade, which is kind of cool. I got a mystery machine. <laughs> you know, a little oh, Scooby Doo. Yeah, it's just a little one. That one, that one was probably like from a uh, from like a Happy Meal or something. <laughs> and I, you know, what the coolest, and I got this little plaque I got when I bowled in high school. The city roll offs. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> um, it's it's the classic. You didn't win anything. Uh, thing it says city roll offs participants. <laughs> 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 and I have a bird, uh, Jordan versus bird, Tiger Electronics, Jordan versus bird, one-on-one Tiger Electronics game that I've been having for like 25 years. Oh, that's, that, that still works. That's nice. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's what I should go with, you know, I, and the thing is, I know, I know somewhere I got older toys and crap and random garbage I can festoon this place with. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to go find it. I got a bookshelf with no books. There's a karaoke machine on it and a jigsaw puzzle in a box and and five Star Wars uh, figures. Oh, and some old Star Wars books with those, the ones with the records from like when you were a kid. You remember those? Oh, my God. Wait, the records in, is the, re- yes. the record inside the book? Yes. Yeah, oh, my God. And you put the little plastic thing on it to play it? Yeah, but I don't think, um, I don't know if, actually, I think we used to have those. But these, I think it's just like the, the book has the pictures you follow along with. Okay. And the record plays. One was made for the tape because I remember getting that one, but I don't have the tape anymore. My brother produced all this stuff to me because he had it in, in the closet. And he knows, I'm, I guess I'm a bigger Star Wars fan than him. And one of the books in there was a, thing i got it was like uh the ewoks and return of the jedi like a little kid's book from 1983 that that i was given by my parents on my seventh birthday you know and that was the summer that return of the jedi came out 1983 okay so he had all that and he gave that to me so that's pretty cool you know but the record player i would the record uh i, would, I don't even have a record player you know <laughs> But it's but they're but they're cool but they're cool little artifacts, you know. Yeah, no, totally, man, totally. I um I do have a record player. Unfortunately, it's sitting in uh, it's sitting in storage, propped up against my three thousand dollar bed. Yeah, your three thousand dollar bed that ends up costing you more and more money every every month. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> every month, that three thousand dollar bed gets more expensive. Oh yeah, I'll tell you, man. I um, I had some um, what I thought was going to be some positive movement. I figured, you know, close out the close out 2014, which has been an absolute shit show. Um, put some things together for 2015 and kind of kind of ride off into the sunset and yep. and uh, come back in January with uh, you know with some big plans. Had a big meeting uh, the other day to kind of get things rolling. 
and uh, the entire thing fell through. Uh, so I was like, "Oh, motherfucker! You gotta be kidding me!" Was the, um, was the um, that ALS stuff that I've been working on? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, that's looking to expand in, into some other stuff, which I had thought was um, was um, you know rock solid, or at least you know on its way. Turns out the whole thing is contingent on uh, you know a bunch of stuff coming together. So. It's kind of in a holding pattern at best. Uh, so uh, the good news is it's it it um, it, it kind of spurred me to uh, to kind of head in a in a totally different direction, um, which is good, which is good. Um, it's kind of like a take a step back, re you know reassess and and um, you know just kind of look for for a new uh, new chapter new new path yeah something new to f- else to focus on probably something i should have been doing well probably something i should have been doing 10 years ago um but definitely something i should have been doing you know a year ago but whatever better late than never um you know you just play the card you got so um hopefully the next couple of weeks i'll have some uh, uh i'll have some news about uh, my new direction all right, cool. We'll see what happens. I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't. I'll wait with bated breath. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So, so that's that. Other than that, man, just um, get in the Christmas spirit. I'm um, I'm a sucker for Christmas uh, Carol. So, I've had the um, Spotify on uh, Christmas uh, pop radio. Um, nice. Gone through all the the usual standards and. Uh, What's your favorite? Uh, my favorite secular Christmas tune is uh, Feliz Navidad. Ah, uh, yeah. You know what? I heard the Beatles version of that on the radio this morning. Oh, no way. Oh, man. No, no, no. Sorry. Hold on. So- sorry. I'm having a bad time right now. All right. Having a bad time. What? <laughs> What's going on? Freaking ESPN and their autoplay. Oh. <laughs> I went to check some scores real quick. <laughs> yeah, ESPN is the worst, man. Yeah, they're terrible. They do autoplays for these commercials on there. All right, I won't look at that. <laughs> That's right. The good news is is our new um, professional recording setup lets me uh, edit out any of that stuff. As long as you know it's not playing over you, I can just kind of remove that. But... Um, I'm not gonna. So, that yeah, I mean, because it's kind of funny. I guess. <laughs> it all becomes moot anyway. So it gives a little color to the show. Um, I'll tell you, um, I didn't know the Beatles had a Feliz Navidad version. The Beatles used to release these Christmas albums back in the '60s. Okay. And they would do them. I don't know how many years they did them, but they used to do them. I think they would, they would be distributed to like the fan clubs and stuff. Like they, it's it's very it's very crazy, you know. Like they uh, like later on today, I heard uh, the Beatles version of "Let It Snow." <laughs> Are you kidding? I've never heard any of these. Yeah, they it's it's a quirky thing in Beatles history. The, you, they would do these Christmas albums. This is like in the mid '60s type of stuff. Okay. Um, and I think you know every year they would do them because it's when they were. You know, when they were way more poppy, you know? The Beatles Christmas records, release date, 1970. But they got a whole Wikipedia page about them. 
Uh, Amazon.com sells the Beatles, the Beatles Christmas album, music. I'm sure it's just a compilation because I think every year they would do it and it would be released to the fan club. Okay, okay. You know, so, yeah, look, this is, um, yeah, the, the compilation came out in, I guess, 1970, I guess, you know, of all the different songs they did. But let me, let's, let's look up what Wikipedia has to say about this. But it's a very quirky little thing. Yeah, 19, yeah, they recorded them from 1963, 64, 65, 66, 67, 68, 69. They were from all the way through 69, they did Christmas albums. Uh, entire albums? Yeah, 1969, the Beatles' seventh Christmas record, Happy Christmas, 1969. Holy shit. The final Beatles Christmas offering was also recorded separately as the band had effectively split by this point. Yeah, it's very kooky, man. Um, yeah, the Beatles Christmas records were spoken in musical messages from English rock group The Beatles that were posted out on Flexi Disc at Christmas time to members of their official fan clubs in the UK and the United States. One such record was issued each year from 1963 69 and an LP compilation of all seven in 1970. Yeah. It's it's crazy. That's what they were doing it for the fan clubs, you know. It was like, you know, because the Beatles first started out, they weren't all these, you know, they weren't some pretentious, you know, what you think of when you think of like the Beatles individually now. Yeah, yeah, right, right. You know, they were like this poppy, like a typical like pop group. Yeah, I guess, teen, you know? like a teen band almost. Yeah, yeah. See, the first Christmas recorded for the Beatles featured several renditions of the traditional carol. Good King Wenceslas and individual messages from the four, ending with a closing chorus of Rudolph the Red Nose Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ringo! Yeah, this is great, man. Oh, I'll have to check that out because I'm a I'm a huge Christmas Carol fan, and um, I like when um, when contemporary artists do you know traditional Christmas tunes. I mean, because you can only hear White Christmas by Bing Crosby so many times. Yeah. You know? Uh, you know, it's funny, and now I'm going to look that up now. I heard the Elvis version of White Christmas. Well, you know why? Because the other night I was at my sister's house, and we were watching Home Alone, and in that movie they played the Elvis version of White Christmas. But I didn't know this, but they made reference to it on the radio the other day. Apparently it was controversial when Elvis came out with his his version of White Christmas. What was that? That's what I'm trying to figure out uh, now. Okay, okay. Uh, Home Alone. Because good. What's that? Uh, I was gonna say. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. What about Home Alone? No, you can say. Home, it. Home Alone has my third favorite secular Christmas tune. Your third. We've we've gone from first, which is Feliz Navidad. For all right, Feliz Navidad. What's your second? Did you say your second? I didn't. Is it White Christmas? No, I didn't say my second. I, I didn't think you said that. My second would be um, Run Run Rudolph by okay, uh, yeah, Chuck yeah. Berry. Run Run Rudolph by Chuck Berry. Yeah. Yep. And then third would be Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Wayne Newton. Okay. Um, which... Is, um, which is a great scene when he... Um, it's the first time the... Uh, it's the, the first time the Wet Bandits come... Just yep. to uh, case the house, and he's got the party scene. Yeah, where he's got Michael Jordan on the train. Exactly, exactly. Yep. Which I think is is um, one of the best scenes in the entire movie, other than keep the change, you filthy animal. 
Yes, yes, that's a great scene. <laughs> Were you? Uh, did you ever hear the the BP story? Keep the change, you feel the animal. I can't recall now, but I'm sure I have. It, I don't know if I was there, or I don't know if 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 I've just heard the story retold. But um, Mike Reardon was definitely there. I think it might even be his story. And they were they were out somewhere, and um, and BP got pretty drunk, and something happened. Maybe the maybe the bartender cut him off, or you know told them maybe you know it was time for them to leave or, or whatever it was he took he kind of took offense to it but somebody talked him down and and he was actually not belligerent he, he was actually you know kind of resigned to the fact that that the fight uh, was over and, and he was going to leave and he ended up <laughs> i'm going to over exaggerate the story for the sake of 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 uh of entertainment um, I'm pretty sure that writer's embellishment. Writer's exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So either he either pays his tab or he signs his credit card, and he 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 kind of either chucks a couple bucks at the guy, or or you know, kind of like flips the receipt in a real nonchalant manner and says, "Keep the change, you filthy animal," which mm-hmm. is kind of funny. But I guess the the bartender took offense to it, and and um, I don't know how far it escalated from there. But it was um, it, it it turned relatively ugly after that. Uh, yeah. I'll have to figure it out. BP might not remember the story, but I I know somebody does. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so I always think of that. And um, Home Alone is I think I don't know if you'd call it an underrated Christmas movie, but I I would say. That in terms of of Christmas movies, um, uh, that's one of my favorites. That's a good Christmas movie. Yeah, well, ABC Family's playing it as a Christmas movie. Nice. That's what it was on the other night. Um, All right, and speaking of Home Alone, I need to correct myself. Go ahead. uh, Because I'm here in the controversy section of Elvis's White Christmas. Um, Irvin Berlin, the composer of White Christmas, was outraged at Presley's rendition of the song which is based on an earlier recording by the Drifters rather than the more famous version by Bing Crosby. Uh, And it goes on talking about the controversy. Uh, We don't need to get all into that. Apparently, Irvin Berlin wasn't happy about it. (laughs) Uh, The Bing Crosby holiday perennial White Christmas, which appeared every year in the Billboard charts from 1942-1962, became the center of controversy upon the album's release. With calls by the song's composer, Irvin Berlin, to have the song and the entire album banned from radio airplay. After hearing Presley's version of a song, which Berlin saw as a profane parody of his cherished Gultide standard, he ordered his staff in New York to telephone radio stations across the United States, demanding the song be discontinued from radio play. While most U.S. radio stations ignored Berlin's request, at least one disc jockey was fired for playing a song from the album, and most Canadian stations refused to play the album. The controversy was ironically fueled by Elvis's performance of the song in a style mirroring the version by Clyde McFadder's group, The Drifters, which had been a top 10 hit on R&B singles chart in 1954 and 55. Unlike Elvis's record, however, their version attracted virtually no adverse reaction and certainly no reported opposition from Reverend Berlin. Part of the reason that The Drifters' version of White Christmas was less controversial was because that version was played only on black radio stations. Now here's where I need to correct myself. Elvis's Pre- Elvis Presley's version brought greater attention to the Drifters' version, which gained prominence with its inclusion in the 1990 movie Home Alone. 
So I thought that was Elvis, but Elvis based his version on the Drifters version, which is the one in the Home Alone movie. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. So Elvis sings it pretty much in their style. I I would have guessed that it was the Elvis version as well, because I, I in in my head I can I can hear oh well oh well oh well that's the yeah. that's the Elvis version, right? Yeah, that's what you think, but Elvis based his version on the Drifters version. Interesting. Interesting. Well, either way, I think what we can take out of that is El- uh, Irvin Berlin is a douche. Yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was a great composer, but a dick. Uh, I'll say my number one, hands down, is Holly Jolly Christmas by Burl Ives. Okay, all right. That is a good one. And my number two is Sleigh Ride, the Johnny Mathis version. Um, you got that cute. It's lovely when the first oh, okay. run together. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. My favorite version, of, part of that version with Johnny Mathis is when he goes, Yoo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? I do know, I do know. He's so young and sprightfully, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a ton of um, of holiday tunes um, in my uh, in my um, music library. Um, library Christmas, Christmas, and and, and St. Patty's Day. Because um, I thought you were gonna say Christmas and Hollis Queens. <laughs> I might have that. <laughs> I might have that. I'm sure you do. Um, I. Because when I started to 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 amass the collection, there was no there was no streaming radio, there was no Pandora, there was no Spotify. So yeah, you can just say Christmas music. Yeah, exactly. So I put together a you know a bunch of um, you know compilation hits, but I also have a bunch of albums like uh, Ella Fitzgerald's Christmas, Spike Jones's Christmas, um, you know stuff that you normally like. You wouldn't you wouldn't have it you know nowadays yeah you're not buying that you're just throwing on the you know the christmas play- playlist on on pandora or whatever i'm a big fan of the neil diamond christmas oh i don't think i have that uh it it's just great because you know neil diamond he's he's quintessentially jewish right. he does <laughs> and he's and now i think he's done multiple christmas albums because i think he went back to the well because you know, people want to hear Neil Diamond sing Christmas songs. Right, right. <laughs> I think that's friggin' awesome that Neil Diamond does Christmas music, you know? I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you the one thing that I bought into, which um, which uh, really isn't worth buying into, is the uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I know they played here last night at the arena downtown. I know some people went... And I think I think I would go nuts if I just sit through like two or three hours of that. Yeah, that's exactly exactly what happens on the commercial. You know, yeah, it sounds it's cool. Great. The commercial, you know, it's <laughs> it's super powerful. You know, and like yes. for thirty seconds of it, you're like, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. But yeah. there's an entire album of it. Um, you know, you're talking seventeen songs. <laughs> yeah. That's intense. Like to sit through the concert of that. Yeah, that's that. I think eventually I'd want to bail. Right. Yeah. Right. 
And they probably charge at least 50 bucks for those tickets or something ridiculous. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. So, um, yeah, so I knew I wasn't going to hit the the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> who, um, who opened for him? That, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Hannibal Burris. Hannibal, did Hannibal Burris open for them? Yeah, I think he probably did. <laughs> Apparently, he's filming a movie or something right now. That's what someone was telling me that was at the Dave Chappelle show last week. Okay, which is why he's always down there? Yeah, which I guess is part of the thing. I mean, I guess he must be... I Yeah, I guess that's why he's down here, you know? Okay. Because he must be in some movie. Uh, by the way, I saw the trailer for... Hot Tub Time Machine 2. I'm really psyched about that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen Hot Tub Time Machine? I saw Hot Tub Time Machine, and I, I thought it was um, it was surprisingly awesome. Yeah, that was a movie I caught in the theater, because I was like, i got to see that. <laughs> like, before it came out, those guys were in one of the local parades hyping it up. You know, they were in a parade that was a, a float that was a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think Cusack was with them. And in the trailer I saw last night, Cusack's not in any of the scenes. Uh-oh. So I guess he must have bailed on the sequel. Oh. Which is just as well, because he's not even the best guy. He was, you know, he was just the biggest name in the first one. Yeah, but I'm a huge Cusack fan. Yeah, but allegedly he's a douche, so maybe that's why. Really? I like... That's that's the word that he's kind of a which wouldn't shock me because he's probably one of these pretentious people who acts like acting is like being like uh, Shakespearean drama, you know. When when movies is you go out there, you film five minutes, and you go and hang out in your in your uh, trailer, right, you know. Right. Making movies is fucking easy. Well, the the <laughs> I mean, compared to actually acting. Right. You know, compared to, like, doing, like, uh, Julius Caesar on the stage, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> well, the sad, uh, the sad part of that story is that then, uh, then Joan Cusack didn't work. What's that? Joan Cusack? I mean, ever- no, I know who Joan Cusack is, but what's the... Um, the only movie she's ever in are... John or John Cusack movies, movies yeah. <laughs> Was she in the first one? Um, probably. <laughs> Somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. It's in his ride. It's a rider in his contract. Yeah. Well, uh, Crispin Glover's probably not in this one. That guy only works like once a decade. Wait, Crispin Glover was in the first one. Yeah, you remember he played the uh, the bellhop missing the arm. Oh yeah, he's a freak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, and they were. <laughs> They were trying to. They wanted to see when it happened that he that he lost the arm because when they go back in time, he had both arms, and they keep they keep hoping it's gonna be like like he's he's uh he's got a chainsaw and he throws it up in the air, just like carving ice. You know, like wait, is this gonna be it? You know, <laughs> they keep trying to see when he when he loses the arm. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, that movie was great. Yeah, I'll have to go. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to watch it again because I, I I saw it and I, I knew I liked it and I thought it was funny, but I don't. I guess I don't remember enough of it. Yeah, well, it's a great wintertime movie since it takes place in a ski resort. Right. 
<laughs> I'm sure Chevy Chase probably isn't in this one either. He was probably offended that he had to be the role that he was in that one anyway. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, so no Joan Cusack in, in the original Hot Tub Time. Yeah, show. I didn't think so. All right. Uh, Plus, it was great that they had uh, William Zabka in the, in the oh, original. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as as his friends call him, Billy. Yes, Billy Zabka. Was Adam Scott in the first one? I don't think so, but he's in the he. I, I think he is taking Cusack's place basically in this one. All right, so Chevy Chase is in it. Um, he is in it. He is. Yep, he plays a repairman. Um, and oh, he's a repairman. He's in the new one. He's in the new one. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. I didn't remember seeing him in the trailer last night. Uh, Gillian Jacobs, which um, looks yeah, like- that's yeah. I saw her in the trailer. Who's from? She was on Community. Yep. And then um, Adam Scott is in this one. Yeah, he he has a big role in this one. And then the other guys are back. Um, Clark Duke, the kid that the, he plays yep. the kid, Craig Robinson, and Rob uh, yep. Cordry. Yeah, it seems it looks like Adam Scott's taking Cusack's place from the trailer because he's he's originally with Jillian Jacobs or whatever in one scene, but then later on he's in the hot tub with those three guys hanging out. You know, and they're doing a lot of jumping to the future and the past. Like one point, you know, he comes back and I think Rob Corddry, you know, he's in, he comes back from colonial revolutionary times America or something. And they make some comment. He's like, come on, let's go there. And one of them makes a comment uh, to uh, Craig Robinson. Yeah, they probably won't think you're so cool there or something like that. You know, <laughs> some reference to how much it sucked to be black in the 1700s. You know, it looks like it's going to be really funny. Um, you know who I've got an appreciation for um, that I that I didn't think was all that great or all that funny is um, Jake Johnson. You ever see the um the um the Craig Robinson like I guess they're Kia commercials or Oh yeah yeah yeah. He plays he's the dude with the beard who plays Craig Robinson's neighbor. Wait, that guy that guy's not just some schmuck? No, he's a he's an actor. His name's uh, Jake Johnson. Oh, I just assumed he was just some regular old actor. No, he's so I, so when I see those commercials I'm like, "Oh, these are the Craig Robinson commercials." <laughs> no, no. I had no clue that other guy was supposed to be somebody. Uh, he's legit. He was in um he's been in a couple different things, but most notably he's in a um a Zoe Deschanel vehicle called New Girl, which is a uh, I don't watch that. TV show. There you go. Well, which I've watched on Netflix. It's funny. It, yeah, it, I, it's pretty good. I'm not a Zoe Deschanel person, I guess. Uh, I'm more familiar with the work of stand-up comedian Jake Johansson. Jake Johansson, I don't, I don't know He's him, really but I am a fan of uh, <laughs> of Zoe Deschanel. She's she is um, she's the modern day Valerie Bertinelli, and if if you know, so you skew more Zoe than Emily. I, I totally skew Zoe. Um, I think Emily's annoying. Which they're is, like the queens of Fox, those two. Yeah, I mean they're essentially the same person, but um, you know they look they look exactly like sisters. With you know, 
would kind of look, and I think they're both kind of got that like quirky weirdness. But Zoe Deschanel was in that movie version of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, was she not? Yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah, uh, she first came on the scene in Almost Famous. She was the sister. Almost Famous. She was the sister um, in Almost Famous. Oh, okay, yep, I remember that now. And then and she like runs off or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. She, she be groupie, doesn't she? No, no, she doesn't become a groupie. She is a, um, she's a flight attendant. She becomes a flight attendant. Oh, flight attendant. All right. And then she hit it big with uh, Elf. Yeah, which I remember that movie. which back to the Christmas uh, movie theme. I'm I'm a big fan of that movie. I think some people don't think that that's a particularly uh, quality movie, but I, I think I've seen it once. I mean, it's got its. I'm in that camp. Oh, man. Like, it's got its moments. You know, I think the best part of that movie is the whole speech Ed Asner, I believe it is, who's Santa. Yeah. It was about Famous Ray's original pizza or whatever. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is funny. (laughs) I mean, it's got its moments. I'm just not... Uh, you know, give me Christmas story any day. Okay. Over Elf. All right, so that that's another controversial one. I know people that think Christmas story is a waste of time. Yeah, well, those people are a waste of my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, growing up, we would sit and we'd watch that marathon on Christmas Eve, and we'd watch that movie five or six times before we'd fall asleep. Yeah, it's a great movie, yeah. man. Um. Who plays it? TBS? Is that? Yeah, TBS plays TBS? like 24 hours of it or whatever yeah. it is. You can't go wrong, man. That is, um, I would say that's probably one of the best new Christmas movies. I haven't seen. Yeah, it's a 31-year-old movie now. <laughs> is that crazy? Oh, my God. That's, in- that's insane. Yep. See, I haven't seen, but I'd still consider it new because I haven't seen movies like I don't think I've ever seen It's a Wonderful Life. Really? Yeah. I mean, my brother, Josh, he likes to watch it every year. Okay. Me, I watched it in school when I was younger, and that's enough for me. Right, maybe I saw it in school. Like maybe it was. I'm a- more familiar with the Saturday Night Live version of it when Dana Carvey is supposed to be Jimmy Stewart. You ever, you ever see that? I've seen Dana Carvey's Jimmy Stewart. I don't remember if it's. I don't remember if I've seen it in the context of the Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah, he gets real violent with the banker guy. (laughs) (laughs) Throwing him out of his wheelchair or whatever. (laughs) I I haven't seen it in decades, but I remember thinking it was hilarious at the time when I was a kid. Um, (laughs) I've never seen Meet Me in St. Louis or Meet Me in St. Louis. No, I've never seen that. Um, That's clang, clang, clang with the trolley, ding, ding, ding with the bell. Isn't that Meet Me in St. Louis? It, I'm going to say yes, but the only scene I've ever seen is... Um, That's a Broadway musical, isn't it? Uh, Originally? Maybe. All right. That song... I never even knew it was a Christmas movie. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, it's a Christmas movie. Um, you know what is a, is a good Christmas movie that I like? Which Die Hard? Die <laughs> That's funny that you mentioned that. Somebody was talking the other day, and they were saying that they wouldn't consider Die Hard a Christmas movie. It's totally a Christmas it's movie. It's absolutely a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, Gremlins is a great Christmas movie. Uh, Gremlins, right? Right. Yep. Um, 
I'm a I'm a fan of that um, of that Hugh Grant movie Love Actually, which is you know it's funny because you're the first guy I know. <laughs> but but earlier today somebody I didn't know that was a Christmas movie, but now it all makes sense. I just briefly saw some girl's Facebook status talking about. Sushi, uh, Love Actually, and Red Wine, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and now it makes sense. Now you're telling me it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. It's a, it's a pretty decent Christmas movie. Um, it's one of those kind of like ensemble, like four stories going on at once, but they're all connected kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Is it British? Uh, it's British, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's British. Um, and and I make no apologies for my for my love of romantic comedies and chick flicks. I've I've got, um, I've got a, a ton of questionable movies in my collection, uh, including the entire. Well, it's not a movie, but it's the entire uh, series of Felicity on DVD. Nice. But um, that's probably in terms of of. Chick chickness, yeah. Love actually is is definitely stretching the bounds. Yeah, that's as, it's basically as chick as they come. Yeah, that is pretty chickish. But still an entertaining uh, noir, nonetheless. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, what else we got? What else? What else we got for Christmas movies? I had a feeling you were going to head to another one. Um. Well, you know what I haven't seen in uh, in a long time are those um, those Rankin and Bass like um, stop motion Frosty the Snowman. Ah, uh, yeah, they were just showing all those just in the past week. All those been playing. Uh, are they on? They're on regular TV. Yeah, I mean CBS plays like uh, I think they played Frosty Snowman the other night, and Rudolph was last week at some time. Yeah, um, trying to think what else. Uh, I'll tell you a movie that I didn't I didn't like, maybe because it was um, it 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 was really after our time was um, the Polar Express. Yeah, I never did see that because that was like I was in my mid to late twenties when that movie came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a kids movie, but. You know, it's it's a holiday movie, so kind of anybody kind of, you know, can kind of check it out just to see what uh, what's yeah, going on. But you're more likely to see kids' movies if you have a girlfriend or something like that. True. And I sense you watched a lot of this stuff with Ange. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you saying yeah? Like that's what you think, or are you agreeing it? No, I hadn't thought of it, but you're right. Uh, that's uh, that's where they, you know, uh, that's where, that's where they get you. A lot of these have come in. <laughs> That's where they'll get you. Um, but it gets thin. Uh, Gremlins, yeah, Gremlins is here. Um, let's see. Ha. The uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas vehicle. I'll be home for Christmas. I never saw that. Uh-huh. I mean, what are you looking through? I hope you're not looking through your own collection. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. No, I'm just Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh god! Oh, you know what? Um, you know which one I've seen, and and actually, um, I actually think it's a good movie, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, which is an oldie. 
Yeah, that's a movie I saw when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, that's something that I think my dad thinks is a great movie because it's like his generation. Right. Yeah. Yeah, made in the forties. Yeah, but but I I I get that. I have no hatred for it or anything. I would probably, I don't know, man, I'd have to flip a coin between A Christmas Story and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation in terms of my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, Christmas Vacation's a classic, but I'm a Christmas Story guy. Yeah, I, I might have to go, I might have to go National Lampoon's, um, I, because I don't know if it gets funnier than Randy Quaid. Yeah, yeah, Cousin Eddie's great. Cousin Eddie, you know. I don't know why they call it Hamburger Helper. Clark tastes <laughs> fine just by itself. <laughs> Shitter's full. <laughs> Definitely a classic. That is a good. That is He's good. holding out for Eddie's holding out for a management position. <laughs> uh, <sighs> you know what I've never seen are, are any of the. Um, the Santa Claus movies. The um. Ah, uh, yeah, like the the Santa Claus. Yes, yes. Tim Allen. I'm, I I've seen one of those. It might have been the original one. And that when was that? That was when I was college ninety four. Yeah, well, I was with in college, but I was with my buddy Brown. I think was it second year? I must have gone home to Western Mass with him for Thanksgiving, and we were hanging out at one of his friends' house, like a whole, you know all the kids that he went to high school with and stuff, a bunch of girls and stuff, and we watched that movie. Wait, is that? For whatever reason, and that's the only Santa Claus movie I ever saw, and I, I think it was the original one. I don't think it was the sequel or anything. Is that the um, dude who lives in the Berkshires? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Santa's field. Lived in the Berkshires. Now he's out in San Jose. Um, that was the... Uh, that was the... Um, Featured tale of a sexy squad of Thanksgiving. That was, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was the thrust of uh, of that particular episode. Yeah, driving around with no uh, with no window in that car. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's it. It gets it gets real weak and a bunch of things I haven't seen. Ernest saves Christmas. Um, uh, I just remember the Jay Leno joke. What's it? I don't know if Vern saves Christmas, but I know how you can save six bucks. <laughs> um, four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. I've never seen that. I saw that one. Uh, Harold and Kumar's 3D Christmas. See that one. Missed that one. Yeah, I don't think you're missing much. Missed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Hmm. Oh, wait a minute here. Rotten Tomatoes. You're a big Rotten Tomatoes fan. so Yeah, I haven't looked at it in a while, but I do like Rotten Tomatoes a lot. Put some stock. I just haven't had time to look at it in a while, you know. Stuff gets pushed to the back burner when you have other stuff on your mind. <laughs> uh, okay, top 25 Christmas movies. Bad, uh, number, starting at 25. Oh, Bad Santa. I watched that the other day. Bad, That's a great movie. Bad Santa, Batman Returns, The Bishop's Wife. A Midnight Clear, Lethal Weapon, Elf, Gremlins, A Christmas Carol uh, from 1951, 
Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. I don't even know what that is. But I got 88%. It's number 17. I don't even know what the hell that is. Uh, Un Cante de Noel, A Christmas Tale. I guess that's a Spanish-speaking movie. It's number 16. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, In Bruges. In Bruges. That's a good movie. In Bruges. The Miracle of Morgan's Creek. Never saw that. Trading Places. That's a, that is a good, that Christmas, is a good Christmas movie. Uh, Tokyo Godfathers. And uh, here's a top 10. An, at number 10, A Christmas Story. Only at number 10. Hmm. Uh, number 9, Arthur Christmas. I don't even know what that is. That's one of the more recent ones from the past like decade. Number 8 is Die Hard. Number 7 is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay, uh, that's one that I've never even seen that. Uh, number six is The Apartment, which I've never seen, but it's got Jack Lemmon. That won Best Picture, I believe, in 1960 or something, but I never saw it. Uh, you are correct, my friend. It's like, I don't know if another comedy has won Best Picture since, but I know for a long time it was the last comedy to win Best Picture. I would um, I, I would, uh, I would see that, the Jack Lemmon, Shirley MacLaine, Fred McMurray. I've never seen it, but yeah, I'm sure it's good. Um, Stalig 17. Hmm. Not sure what, uh, what that is, but it's also a... Is that a Woody Allen movie? No, it's a Billy Wilder movie who also... Billy Wilder, okay. Who also did The Apartment. Yeah, okay. Um, top four, uh, The Shop Around the Corner. Number three is The Holiday Inn. Number two is Miracle on 34th Street. So that's got to be number one. Has to be what? Um, what did we miss? Uh, what's the big famous one? It's a wonderful. It's life. a wonderful life. And number one is it's a wonderful life. Yep. <laughs> well, that's good stuff. <laughs> that is good stuff. That's good stuff. What else you got, buddy? Uh, I really can't think too much. Uh, well, if we are talking about the movies, we might as well talk about the North Korean thing. Oh yeah. Um, so first things first, did you did you have any interest in seeing um, the interview with? Uh, I was Franco? curious to see it. Now I'm hearing that it kind of sucks. You know, I but, I kind of like James Franco, but I, I I don't necessarily know that I've enjoyed anything he's done in a a long time. Yeah, don't you see Dawn on the Planet of the Apes? Nope. No, I didn't oh, see that. He was in that. I mean, it's not like he was so great in it. It's an ape movie. Right, right, but right. The first new Planet of the Apes movie, not the one that was out this summer, the sequel to it, but the first one, he was he was the star in it. Yeah. But um But but I mean in a couple of days since I've been hearing total crap about it, like that it kind of sucks. But you know which movie lampooned a North Korean dictator that didn't suck? I, I know exactly which movie. Yeah, then say it. Um, World Police? What's it called? Team America World Police, Team yes. America? Fuck yeah. And you know what I heard? They had these theaters, like, starting with this one in Austin that was going to play the Team America movie in its place. And these other theaters around the country were going to play Team America and... In place of the um, of the interview, <laughs> which is a Paramount movie, okay, which came out ten years ago. Which I ten years ago I went by myself 
Well, I was down here for Colin's wedding. In the middle of the day, I went to the theater by myself and watched that movie because I was like, I got to see that fucking movie. And it was hilarious. That's well, a- then Paramount pulled the movie and was telling these theaters, oh, well, we're not going to let you show that movie now. A 10-year-old movie that everybody's seen all over the world. That's incredible, man. How fucking cowardly is all this bullshit? Yeah, fuck. The North Koreans can't do anything to us. It's all bullshit. Just play the movie. Of course, I heard another theory about this. What is it? Uh, from Will Leitch on, uh, or Leitch, how he pronounces his name. He He's the guy that founded Dead Spin, but now he does movie reviews on there. Okay. <clears throat> he's just emeritus, basically. He just does movie reviews. He's saying the reason that they're not letting anybody show it now is because the fear of the movie was going to end up being a bomb now because of this stuff. And the movie's insured. That way, if no one can see it, it's like they're not releasing it on video on demand on TV or anything. It's um, they can take it as a complete loss for insurance purposes. Uh, interesting. So, so that's it. They're going to put it back in the vault. Yeah, basically. You know, I mean, it'll be released. People will see it somehow, but like, you know, as far as like taking a complete loss on its on how it did the box office. You know, because I guess they insure for that shit. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're just going to be like chalk it up as a total loss because they're thinking the movie might, you know, the movie's going to bomb anyway. You know, this way they cut their losses because that's another thing. Apparently, critics that did see it are kind of like, oh, the movie kind of sucks. Like I saw one little snippet saying that it seems like an overly long very bad episode of Saturday Night Live skit, you know? Okay. Which isn't good. Because, you know, when Saturday Night, Live, Saturday Night Live does those really shitty sketches. Yeah, yeah. Just go on, and you're just like, I wish they'd end. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I had when I saw the previews for the first time, my first thought was um, that it looks kind of funny, but I liked it better when it was called Spies Like Us. Yeah. <laughs> Spies Like Us. Um. Yeah, all right. Well, then that's a bummer because I would have I would have probably gone and seen that. What else is coming out? Christmas time's a big movie. Uh. I did see the movie Top Five. Oh the yeah, new Chris Rock movie. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very funny. I I feel like that's been done already though. Yeah, but it's. What do you think it's been done for? I don't know. Like Richard Pryor or something did it. Did it. He talks about Richard Pryor part of the movie, but. I don't know. I mean, it's written and everything by Chris Rock. It's really funny. Okay. They got some nice cameos from Jerry Seinfeld in there, which you gotta, which are friggin' hilarious. You know, but the whole movie, do you know the premise of the movie? Uh, he's a stand-up comedian. He signs a movie deal, or he's a movie star who goes back on the road or, or, or something along those lines, and he goes back to do a documentary of where he came from? <laughs> That's... <laughs> All right, he was a guy who was like a stand-up comic, you know. Wait, were you laughing because I I just basically hit every premise there could possibly be? <laughs> well, I love because you're like, I think Richard Pryor already did that movie, and I ask you what's about, and you you're kind of sort of there. <laughs> <laughs> but he's this guy who is like 
he was on Letterman explaining that he considers himself the character to be like a combination like Martin Lawrence, basically, you know, all the big black comic actors, you know? Okay, okay. Uh, but like the thing was, he was like a stand-up comic who made these movies called Hammy the Bear. You know, and there was Hammy the Bear 1, 2, and 3. And the movies are where he's... Chris Rock is dressed up in a bear suit fighting crime or whatever. <laughs> and, like, when they show a clip of one of the movies, it's just, I'm just dying because it's so fucking ridiculous, you know? Okay. And he's looking to break away from being that role, you know? And the whole movie, like, it takes place over a day. You know, it's just one day in the life where this uh, Rosario Dawson plays this New York Times writer that's following him around. But, like... Everywhere he goes, you see in the background, everybody's like, hey, Hammy, oh, Hammy. And he's just trying to get a, away from it. In the movie, that day, it's the day that his movie, uh, like his serious movie about a Haitian, about the Haitian revolution is coming out, you know? Okay. Because he's just trying to be serious, but he can't get away from the fact that he's Hammy. So it's just a day in the life, and it's... They got some funny, really good stuff in there. Like J.B. Smoove, you know that guy? Yeah, yeah. He plays like his best friend since a ki- since they were like in grade school together, who's like his, uh, you know, ersatz bodyguard guy, you know? And he goes to his, fa- visits his family, you know? And like Tracy Morgan's there. Like they got a lot of really good, it's it's really funny, man. It's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely worth seeing. Yeah, I'll check it out because I think Chris Rock is a really funny comedian. Like, well, it's the best thing Chris Rock has done in years. All right, and, and um, I think it's the best thing he's done in years. And he, um, you know, I guess it's the third movie he's directed. I didn't see the other ones. Like, I mean, I think I love my wife. I remember trying to watch some of that, and that kind of sucked, you know. Like. <laughs> And he did another. I forget what the other one he did, but this one, this one's really legitimately funny. You know, it, it's it's really good, and it kind of, um, you know, I mean, I know he says it's not like a, um, it's not an autobiography, but if you're interested in in like comedy, like stand up comics, it definitely, you know, shows some kind of insight into that in some points. You know, it's 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 really a good movie. All right, I'll check it out then. And it, it is definitely laugh out loud funny, so I'd say go see that. Um, yeah, I mean technically it's kind of a romantic comedy a little bit, but but that's not but but not even really. You know what I'm saying? You can still watch it and appreciate it and laugh your ass off like I did. Right, right. All right, uh, I'll put it on. I don't really have anything else. Um, yeah, not. Um, nothing really else to cover. Um, Cusa Villanova this weekend. Yeah, I'm probably not even gonna be able to watch it because I, you know, I can't hold up my life, you know, because it's middle of the, it's noon, you know. Yeah. I've already made plans. I looked at that. And I was like, well, the problem is it gets dark so early. I don't want to. Oh no, not until after two o'clock, you know. <laughs> I um yeah I got an invite to go to the game because it's not particularly far from me it's uh, you know probably less than an hour and a half drive um, and there's still like still a couple thousand tickets left oh really available for the game you know and they're relatively cheap 
Where's that first Union Center or whatever the hell they call that place? Yep. Yep. Right in Philly. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm not up for for venturing out. Yeah. You know, drop a couple bucks yeah. on, a, on a game that, that I don't think we have much of a chance on. And, you know, I'm still trying to kind of kind of lay low till this uh this bell's palsy passes which is you know whatever you know but you are going to the game right no 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 i'm skipping oh okay you're not going yeah i'm gonna pass up i got an invite but um but uh i unfortunately had to turn it down so um probably just watch it on tv i got a bunch of christmas shit to do and you know, some family stuff that yeah. it's worth sticking well, around. Well, I mean, after watching that Louisiana Tech game last week, oh. Louisiana Tech's not a bad team. No. But Nova's a really good team. Nova's a very good team. And we kind of shelled them last year. They're kind of going to – like, dude, that was the first substantial basketball – I mean, I watched – I didn't get to watch all the Michigan game, but, like, that fucking kid, Joseph – he does all that dribbling bullshit and loses the ball, you know, like he's he's trying to do like Harlem Globetrotter shit looks like, you know? Yeah, he's he's the opposite of what, you know, a, a, a typical heralded Jim Beheim freshman point guard has traditionally been. He's tough to watch, man. Yeah, I mean, I guess Beheim says he's really not a point guard yet. That's the problem. You know, I think, that, though, the difference and and. And and this is purely conjecture, but it, it's just it's just watching him conduct himself. It's kind of the way he plays, the kind of way he holds himself, and uh, you know his kind of floor presence. He he doesn't appear to have he doesn't have the chops that some of those other guys had in terms of leadership and basketball IQ. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think his skill set is super high, and I think that's what we saw. You know, as him as as a recruit, you know, I think that that he was super talented and super gifted athletically. But I don't think he's as smart as Ennis. I don't, you know, he's certainly not as smart, uh, you know, as McNamara. Like, it takes another dimension to to play point guard in the Syracuse system because you have so much responsibility on the defensive end. Yeah. That you know, I mean, one of the problems though, too, with him is this he's the only thing we have remotely close to a point guard on the roster. <laughs> That's it, nothing else is close. And, and I guess he was more of a shooting guard in high school, yeah. So, you know, I knew shit was out of control the other day when I'm watching a game, and I'm like, just give the ball to fucking Cooney <laughs> when I'm saying that, you know, and I'm like, Cooney, throw the ball to Christmas, <laughs> and it's like. Two of the most frustrating players over the past few years, and that's who I want to see the ball, whose hands I want to see the ball in. Right, right, right. You know, those two guys. I'm like, I'm like, please, just get it to Cooney. Just let Cooney handle the ball. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? I'm begging for Cooney to handle the ball. <laughs> it went from, you know, you remember the way the, the game against Michigan in Final Four ended with Cooney for some reason having the ball. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm wishing Cooney's because he was the only guy I was trusting to bring that ball up the court in the last five minutes of that game the other day. Well, I mean, the good news is is that as of now, 
one, Joseph looks like he's going to be here for a while, so hopefully he'll get to... Um, yeah, he's not going to the NBA. He'll get to develop into something. And, and two, he's got nothing uh, coming in on the horizon that's going to, you know... Um, that that's going to um, push him out of the starting lineup. So everybody else coming in is, uh, you know, is either a three or a four. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully he gets better. Yeah, I mean, it'll be better. This year is going to be rough. You know, we might not make the tournament, but I can live with that. You know, it happens every you know every six six years or so. Yeah, two thousand eight, we missed it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Listen, give the other guys a chance every once in a while. I mean, that's the problem with the, you know, you got to be able to be reloaded. We're not Kentucky. We're not going to have friggin' five McDonald's All-Americans on the court every year. And then if a lot of them don't pan out and they come back, we're not going to have nine on the court like they do this year. <laughs> right. Right. They play 10 guys. Kentucky needs to lose to Louisville or whatever, because if they don't lose to Louisville, they're not, they're not losing, uh, they may not lose at all, all all year. They may win the national championship undefeated because they're not losing in the SEC. <laughs> Which is funny because you and Dan Dockich think the same exact thing. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm sure Dan Dockich, uh, Jay Billis, you know, Dickie V, I'm sure legions of people probably think the same thing right now. It's I watched – I watched the game they played against North Carolina over the weekend. Not that North Carolina is great, right. but North Carolina's got a good team, and it's just like, I don't know. They just roll dudes out. Like, one guy got hurt, you know. He wasn't playing the other day. He's out for the season, but it was like big fucking deal. You know, they got nine other guys who are, you know, who they can run out there. It's crazy. It's it's sick. Yeah, I haven't seen them play yet, but uh, everything I've heard is that, that they're unbelievable. Yeah, so I do want to see that Louisville game when they play them. Because if Louisville can't beat them, you know, Florida's not that good this year. You know, uh, LSU beat them last year. I don't think they're good enough to beat them. Uh, allegedly, Alabama might be – because they had – CBS has shown the teams the, the toughest games they will have on their schedule. You know, and it was like maybe four or five teams in the SEC – Four or five games in the SEC they might have problems with. But Florida went undefeated in the SEC last year. Florida went undefeated last year. Kentucky's definitely gone undefeated this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, unless they just have an off night. Yeah, but know? when you're that deep, it's hard to have nine guys, ten yeah. guys who are, who are having off nights, you know? Yep. Yeah, I mean, they just run out. Oh, we'll run out uh, another group of five guys with fresh legs who are really good, you know? It's crazy. So, well, there you go, man. Well, on that note, yeah. With apologies to Girk's brother, we'll see you guys next week. Night, Fredo.